0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Leading Change, Model and Measure, part one, here we go. This cast answers these questions. Do I have to do the Trinity as a director? How do I ensure my organization follows the Trinity? Why doesn't my organization do what I asked them to do? If you want to answer these questions and more, keep listening. Finally, after years of waiting, The
1: Effective Manager in book form is available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and your other retail booksellers, as well as signed copies are available on our website, manager-tools.com. If you want to know the basics of how to manage others effectively in book format, including Kindle and eBook format as well, we encourage you to buy, read, and then implement
0: the guidance in The Effective Manager. We can't count the number of times an executive that we were coaching could be a director, all the way up to CEO, asked us to "quote unquote." I had the, the Joey air quotes going, fix yes. their directs while not doing what they say themselves need to do to make the change stick. Oh yeah, right? all the Classic. time. Right? Hey Mark, go fix them.
1: <laughs> meet with my team. Are you going to be there?
0: Oh no, I don't. Oh, <laughs> no, good. no, of course not. Well, you know the in- interesting thing about we'll get into the why to why this is a little bit, but. We have, and it's, I think it's kind of unusual for consulting organizations where we've told CEOs, for example, who've asked us to come and help the organization with training, say that if you're not going to do it, we're not coming. Right. And we've turned down work literally. Yeah. We actually made it a requirement. If you're going to, if you really want this to work
1: and why spend the money with us, if it's not, if you don't really want it to work, we know this, that if you're not there, You could justify and say, well, I'm too busy. Fine, okay, maybe you think there's something more important, but then this is not important enough because this is one of those things, if you don't do it, it won't happen. People will know that you won't check on things yourself that you didn't go through, and you won't be smart enough to check on it, and you won't set an example. So, it's really boring, makes it sound exciting. We talk about what CEOs will do and not do, but it's really boring, but it's fundamentally true, If you want change to occur in your organization, you have to lead the way by setting an example about it, and then you also have to measure your organization's behavior. And that's really the outline. You lead change by modeling the change you want, and then you ensure that change by measuring what you want. It's like one step forward and then, you know, first
0: with the left and then with the right, not hard. So let's talk about modeling or A lot of folks would call it, call it setting the example, setting the example. So you have to set the
1: example, modeling the change you want. If you're thinking, I want this to happen in my organization means doing the things differently that you want others to do differently when you ask them to do them or before, (laughs) before you ask them or before you ask them to do them. Yeah. If you don't model the change you want, don't be surprised when it doesn't happen. People don't do things because you tell them to do things. They don't. They do things because you expect them to do them, but going a step further, because the way they know you expect them to do them is you inspect it, okay? I mean, the eloquent example of this is, is Gandhi. We must be the change we wish to see in the world. We must be the change we wish to see in our organizations. You're not too busy. You're not too important. You're not too focused on other matters to change the behaviors you're asking other people to change. I gotta tell you, you you wanna drive a wedge between your organization and say, no, no, you need to change this, I'm good. It basically says, I'm smart and you're not. It basically says, I'm effective and you're not. It says, I'm good and you're not. Well, how does that help with relationships? Now, there are people sitting there going, I just don't have time. Fine, then I'm just gonna tell you, it won't work. So, you're gonna have to invest.
0: Yeah, this is one of those things that comes up quite a bit when we get into discussions with clients about the distinction between management and leadership, right? Oh, totally. It, you know, in fact, the whole example setting thing is is a
1: leader thing, right? Leaders set the example. But if that's a criteria of a leader, then all managers should be able to pass that criteria. And I think you know we we've had a lot of discussions about this is leader tools or manager tools or hey you guys should call yourself leader tools because it's really about managing people and so on and people don't get managed they get led and, and assets get managed and i uh, you know we can have a vocabulary argument all day long but managers in some ways are leaders if you are instituting a change by definition you're leading a change even if your organization is leading the change but you're rolling it out to your team because to your team, you are the organization. When you speak to your team as a manager, you speak for the organization. It is the fundamental principle of role power. Uh, this is why it's funny when people say, well, the CEO wants X done, so we have to do it. But then that same manager who just said that won't say to his people, we're doing it this way. And when other people say, well, when his team says, well, we, you know, nobody else does it that way, he doesn't say, it doesn't matter what other people do. I'm saying for our team, anything you say to your team, if you implement a new policy, a new change, you speak for the CEO to your team, even if other managers are speaking different things. And there are different processes.
0: By definition.
1: Yeah, it's by definition, exactly. And I gotta tell you, it's not a popular argument. It, It is among people who know organizations who have been around a while. But yeah, people say, well, no, it's the individual is equal to the organization. No, there's really, there are very few places where the individual is equal to the organization. Now, in some places, the individual outranks the organization, but because organizations exist to magnify, to multiply human potential, you have to subordinate yourself to the organization in some ways for the organization to work. Oh, no. Okay. You're not going to ask me to do that. Okay. Oh, um, the twenty-five, The 25-year-olds are saying, well, no, I don't want to do that.
0: This, is, this should be a democracy. I'm an individual. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No little try. flower.
0: All right. No, no. Okay. So, so <laughs> I would expose my uh, curmudgeon side. Yes. And it exists, folks. It, it definitely exists. Um, so, okay, so the setting example, or you say modeling the change that you want, um, what does this mean specifically for folks?
1: So I, I have some examples. Um, and I really thought about writing this with multiple subpoints and saying, do this, do this, do this. But then I thought I would use three different examples and give a bunch of specific behaviors you can engage in that will show that you're modeling the behavior. We are setting the example. You are being the leader, if you will. So, let's take the example of your company, not just you, but everybody in your company is installing a new accounting software package, and you expect your team to use it, okay? You attend the training for the software with everyone else. You don't say, oh, I'm not going to use it, so I'm not going to go. You attend. You uninstall the old software to force yourself to use the new one. If, in fact, it is something that is done at every person's desk, if you're one of those people who would typically stick with the old, let's call it less powerful system, because it's easier, you definitely uninstall the old software to force yourself to do it. And look, guys, I I know I'm going to get some email at this point as well, but what about a situation where I, the software is expensive and so I don't actually have a license for it? only two people on my team who do accounting things will have a license for it. Okay, fine. You'll ask for reports from the new system, meaning you're going to tell the people, the two people who have a seat license in your company, I don't want reports in the same format. And if you're wondering what they look like, say, hey, print out an old report. And then print out what that report looked like in the new system so I can tell them apart. And then don't send me any more of the old reports.
0: Yeah, and and for God's sake, don't insist on the machinations people have to go through to take the report that comes out of the new system and make it look like the old system because you're comfortable with the old system, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, now, you may say, well, Mark, there's 85 reports, you know, and they can't do them all at once, Well, okay. I wouldn't believe it if they said can't, depends on how automated things are, but even if that's true, fine. Create a a timeline over time where these 12 reports are gonna be due this week in the new system, and these next 12 are gonna be next week in the new system, and so on. Now look, we're implying something here, so I wanna cover it now, and it applies to all of these scenarios. Because being a manager or a leader, being between the organization or acting as the organization to your team includes communicating about the change you're going through, you're not only going to just sign up for the training that you're going to go to, you're going to send an email to everybody letting them know you're going to the training. You're going to say during the training that you're going to uninstall the old software. Or you're going to tell people, hey guys, just want to let you know Pay attention, because I'm going to require reports to come out of the new system, okay? If it's straightforward the way it'll be done, you'll announce the schedule for when, which regular accounting reports will come out of the new system, if it's easy to figure out based on what you know. And it doesn't matter if you only realize later that you only announced 60 of the 80, or let's say there are 12 reports you get monthly. You only, off the top of your head during a break in the training, announce 10 of the 12, and you forget the other two. Don't wait around for two weeks to have an exhaustive search of all 12 of the reports. If 10 of them come to you off the top of your head, ask for the 10 and here's the schedule for when those 10 are gonna be done, okay? When, when they're gonna be in the new system. Not just that, you'll ask the people who use the software, if it's not, doesn't include you, to proactively communicate to you that they have deleted the old accounting package. Okay. And what that means is the task is not deleted by Friday. The task is reporting to me that it's deleted. Let me give you another example. Suppose you are a manager and your general manager of your division, your department, whatever, has told you, we're going to hire a bunch more people. You've got 30 people on your team and you're going to go to 65. So you're going to double. And you've always felt like the interviewing process and the, on, the hiring process, not just interviewing, but hiring in general, and also onboarding haven't been done very well. Whether the GM knows about it or not is really irrelevant. Nothing wrong with telling him or her and then having him say later, well, you need, f- boy, it worked pretty smoothly for you. You're the only one not whining about this, the, all this hiring we're doing. Why don't you teach everybody else what it is you're doing? Oh, sure, boss. But you decide you're going to improve the interviewing process for your department. You don't expect other people to be interviewing differently, to go to training or to read something on their own and to interview differently while you use your old way because you have a lot of experience interviewing and you've always had, quote, a great gut feel about people, unquote, which by the way is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, sure. So you attend the training. Speaking of curmudgeons. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, come on. You attend the training if there's training that you get into the system, or you create the training and present it yourself, or you collaborate on this development with somebody. Maybe you're number two, maybe an HR partner who has some good ideas, and maybe you help somebody else present it, okay? You schedule your next interview following the guidance that is in the new process, and then you communicate you did so you share your experience in the process. At your next staff meeting, you say, Hey, by the way, I use the new interviewing thing. We have this standard interview format that we use and and uh, hey, it worked really well here. Or it didn't work well, right? Let's yeah, that's share that as else well. Too. Yeah. If something didn't go well, don't hide it to make the new system appear to not have warts because everybody knows it has warts. It'll have less warts over time the more people use it. Look, leading and managing change includes communicating about the change. So in addition, you send a mail to everyone involved in the chain, in your your change, in your department, letting them know what went well, where the glitches, where the hiccups were. You ask for input at your next staff meeting. You ask for recommended changes. And by the way, if you don't get any, that ought to be a sign that maybe everybody's not doing it the way you thought they would. So maybe what you need to do is say, okay, how many people have interviews next week? Yeah, okay. And you know, maybe there are seven people in the room and one person raises his hand. So, no, that can't be right. We're doing thirty interviews a week. Oh yeah, well, I don't know. I don't have my calendar in front of me. Then you have to take it aside and say, Never come to my meetings without a pen, a piece of paper to write on, and your calendar. And they check and oh yeah, okay, we got it. All right, so what are the dates? When are you interviewing? Let's check the calendars. Okay, here's a list of all the interviews that are happening next week. Now, if I have an admin, I would do that for them. I would say, here's the list. And you have three hours after that interview's done to report to me briefly on your experience with the process. I expect you to send mail. And then at the end of the week, I'll look at all the reports and maybe make some suggestions. And next week in staff meeting, we'll tighten things up. Now, look, regarding, Mike, your point about things not going well, The new way isn't perfect, it's just better. The old way's weaknesses and faults were already known, and so therefore they don't really seem like faults necessarily. To ignore imperfections in the new system is to essentially say, I'm willing to be blind in a selfish way to my team. Hey, I had this idea, let's say, or heaven forbid you say to the team, hey, the CEO said it or the GM said it, so therefore it's perfect. Your GM, your CEO is not going to mind when you guys implement things saying, hey, there's a couple of things that could have been better. He or she would go, yeah, no kidding. It's less crappy than what we had before. And that's how you get better. How do you get better? Somebody asked me the other day, there are so many things in the world that that need to change. Why would I bother making one thing better? I said, the rule is if you make one thing better, everything is better.
0: Because everything includes the one thing. Well, if you we don't make one thing better, you, by definition, can't make everything better, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me. The I'll just avoid getting into politics, but there are there are changes in the last few years that are pretty monumental, right? And one side opposes it, right? So, so introducing change, you have opposition. And if you introduce a change and you ignore all the fa- faults, all the warts, all the wrinkles, it just hardens the opposition because it's clear there are problems, yeah, right It's acknowledge the faults and exactly
1: now we're not arguing about whether it's working or whether the idea is good or bad or not. Now they're saying you're misleading them and now your
0: integrity is in question. There you go. and all the good stuff gets thrown out with the the you know the baby with the bathwater thing. Yeah, and modeling your effort means
1: you follow this new changed process even if your performance dips slightly compared to your old process because it will, okay? Performance and efficiency almost always dip. Performance is reduced. Efficiency
0: goes down when you engage in new behaviors because it's new. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm the, the leader, I'm the CEO, for example, if my directs, their performance goes down a little bit as they're implementing change, that's, you know, it's no big deal. Um, I'm here, I can fix things. But if I'm the CEO, if my performance goes down, it affects the entire organization. I, you know, I don't know. Effective managers and leaders are willing to
1: invest to get better. Investing, the work, you know, is the way to talk about when we choose to spend time and or money That is going to have a return on investment in the longer term. The whole point of change is the nearly inevitable brief reduction in output quality or decrease in efficiency or increase in budget costs are always reasons not to engage in change. The question for the leader, the manager who's a change leader in this case, is not whether these things are going to occur, they're going to. The question is whether the quality, quantity, efficiency, productivity gains over the long term justify the quality, quantity, efficiency, productivity reductions that you're going to go through in the short term. I mean, look, I mean, the the classic example of this, the the publicly well-known example of this is CEOs who make their company look good in the short term but underinvesting in their own future. They don't spend on necessary changes and they end up, because they don't spend money, they show higher profits in the near term. And taking it a step further, for those of you who pay attention to executive compensation, this is often a complaint made against firms whose executives are paid based on the stock price. They get stock options, right? CEOs can elevate the stock price almost any time by not investing in research and development, not investing in strategic purchases. And therefore, because they didn't spend the money on the change that they would need to have made five years from now, they have money now. So, they have profits.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they take cash that they could have used to invest and they buy back their stock.
1: I'll never forget reading about Procter & Gamble. One of the reasons I went to work at Procter & Gamble coming out of the army was, there were two things I read that really impressed me. One is, someone wrote that Procter & Gamble was the west point of corporate America, meaning a great training ground for leaders. There are since many other companies that also get that name. It wasn't just Procter & Gamble. And the other thing it read that said was, uh, Procter & Gamble was like an oriental juggernaut, willing to think in decades. We had pressure in the you know, quarter to quarter but we didn't get any pressure if we could show that the investment we were making, which would take money out of this quarter, that the investment we were making would continue to allow us to grow in the future. Got really good at seeing the value of choices. Is this a cost or is it an investment? You have to be able to show a return. How do you show a return? Well, there's all kinds of models. Okay, let's do one even closer to home. You know, um, if you want to roll out the manager tools, Trinity, one-on-ones feedback, coaching, and delegation in your organization, maybe you've read the book, the effective manager, you, maybe you attended a conference. Okay. Or if you're just thinking in general about it, a read the book, b attend a conference, c listen to the podcast, go to the basics portion of our webpage. If you attend the conference, you let everyone know where you're going and why hey i'm going to be going to some training here's the information about where i'll be and so on the purpose of this is for me to learn a new way to manage my intent is provided it meets my my standards to bring it back and to roll out the changes i want to be a better manager for you and for the organization i'm willing to go through some pain and suffering for me in order to get that done when you return you brief everybody. Now, you don't have to set up a special meeting, but in your next staff meeting, there's a 10-minute bid in the staff meeting talking about what you did. You're modeling because to model, it doesn't do any good if you're modeling something and it's not seen. So, reading a book is not going to be seen. Going to training is not going to be seen. You then, therefore, have to communicate about what you did to make it a modeling behavior. You brief everybody on what one-on-ones are and when you'll do them and why you're doing them. You'll tell them what the schedule for one-on-ones is. You'll start doing one-on-ones first, probably. You probably will spend time talking about one-on-ones with your team during your staff meeting. When it comes time to roll out feedback, you brief everybody on the feedback model so they know what's coming because of our guidance. Never introduce a managerial change without first introducing the change. And folks, many of you have heard this before, this rollout process, this example that I'm using is covered extensively in our guidance in the podcast called Rolling Out the Manager Tools Trinity. And I, I just find too many organizations are saying, yeah, this is great. And then this senior person doesn't model it. And then that gets us the second part, which is measuring it
0: as well. I think now's a good point to, to stop and come back next week. And let's talk then. About measuring, it's not sufficient. It's necessary to do the communication, to do the modeling, but it's not sufficient. Yeah, this is for all those
1: people who have twenty-two minute commutes, who really want our podcast to be shorter. If I could
0: boil it all down to twenty minutes, I would. Yeah, I know. Why can't you boil down the world in twenty minutes? I don't. I don't. What's what's your problem? I'll, I'll keep trying. This is awesome. I, I look forward to uh, the next cast. Talk to you next week. All right, man. Bye. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll continue on this topic next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website www.manager-tools.com and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Managed Tools mobile app You'll be happy you did.